to JudgeCast. This is episode number 123. My name is CJ Schrader. Have you guys noticed I don't forget to introduce myself anymore? That used to be a big thing. I would always forget. I'm uh, sorry. I'm sorry. You can't talk until I introduce you guys. Oh. Sorry. Sorry. With me, as always, my two co-hosts who are on the level. First off, we have Just Dunks. Uh, I, I, think, I think that we should just continue without introducing Brian at this point. And Brian Proleman. <laughs> It's because I'm going to be muted for half the episode yes, anyway. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, Brian is uh, on his deathbed. I I I got I got something this past weekend, and yes. it's it's I got the bad kind. Whatever yes. kind I got, I got the bad kind you of got it. Bad blood. I got. Is that another Taylor Swift reference? <laughs> no. Yeah, it used to be Mad Love. Yeah, we used to have Mad Love. Is that another Taylor Swift reference? It's the same Taylor Swift reference. <laughs> is it? <laughs> Made a really deep cut. All right, so I hate you guys. <laughs> um, I'm gonna have this stuck in my head the rest of the episode. I know, Thank you, CJ. Well, yeah, that's fine. And I only know the version from the video. What? That's the worst version. That's what upsets me. Is that's the worst song on that album, in my opinion. And then that video is a worst version of the song. There's multiple versions of the song. Yeah, it's weird. When they released the music video, they used a totally different version of the song on it. So now me and Taylor Swift got bad blood. <laughs> well, maybe that's the, uh, was it was a meta decision. Yeah, I just feel like her song is out of style. Boom, boom! I can only get through twenty two seconds of it. All right, this episode is about judge levels. Uh, we thought it'd be nice to dedicate an entire episode, and, and thankfully this hasn't changed in a little bit. So hopefully this episode will be relevant for a while. This no, this is going to be one of those episodes where we record it, and then tomorrow they make an announcement that yeah. just makes it obsolete with, with like origins or something like that. They'll yeah. announce. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> restructuring of the levels. Yeah. We're going to take level two. We're going to split it in half and make that the new level. Level 2.5 will become level three. All you know, I wouldn't mind that, fours. actually. If they, if they did that, I'd be okay. I'd be like, all right, we're going to record a new episode tomorrow because I am very happy with that outcome. <laughs> That's probably the only way that I'll become a level four is if they do that. <laughs> is if they just... Is if they, just, if they just flat out change. Yeah, everybody... 2.5 becomes three... 2.5 isn't a real thing, by the way. Uh, yeah. You know, and one thing to note is since the judge program's inception, there have always been five levels. So I feel like it has a lot of inertia behind it that they're not going to just do that one day. Yeah, I mean, just think of all the coding that have to do on Judge Center. Uh, right. Think. That's actually, to be honest with you, I think that might actually be the, the, the main stumbling block from that ever happening. <laughs> it's like, I got to go in and change, judge a, Center. and change a pick list to include... An extra. I mean, how long did it take us to fix it so that we could have a review that went past 2010? Uh, I think two, to three years. years. Yeah, I thought it was 2014. Three and a half years, at least three and a half years before they fixed the the Y2K bug. Like we, we was it a Y2K enter, bug? Enter, it was. A, I know, but oh, you're right because it was 2010. So we couldn't enter reviews that had a date after 2010 uh, until I want to say the beginning of 2014. It was it was terrible. Right. So every review, the the running gag was just this is a this is a 2012 review, this is a 20 2013 review, because you had I think to say I'm just the year. Going to start labeling them all. This is a 2010 review. All right, all right. So are you going to get on my level? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, get on my level. Get on my level. Might be a good title. So oh 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 oh. So Brian, why don't you tell us a little bit about the levels? All right. Uh, so levels in the judge program are um, what we use to structure the program. Um, they are levels are a representation of your role and responsibility 
within the judge program. Uh, and we're going to go over some of those as we as we go down the actual levels. But there are expectations uh, and there are responsibilities for each of for each of those levels. Um, Before we get into that, can we talk yes. about what they're not? Sure. Like I, th- I think we, a lot of people talk about well, what does a level one or a level two do, and, and I, I'd rather talk about what that doesn't mean before we talk about what it does mean. Okay, so so first off, levels are not representative of your knowledge. Uh, an interesting thing. Okay, the rules—it's a public document. There's nothing secret about that. Anybody can go out and read the comp rules, and so a level one, a level two, a level five—they could all a level zero. You know, just a guy who's been playing since, uh, uh, you know, I, I was playing when beta came out. Um, they can all have the same level of rules knowledge, okay? They can all have the same level of policy knowledge, really. Um, what it, what, in, in that regard, there is, there is nothing, you know, there, there is no special secret handshake. Uh, that that bequeaths special knowledge to you based on what level you become. Uh, now, the the flip side of that is level does tend to reflect how much effort you've put into learning those things. Oh, that is okay. frequently true. That is not always true, but it's, it's frequently no, true. No, and we're speak, we're speaking in general. We're going to be speaking yeah. in generalities here. Every rule has an exception. Right. And one of the reasons I wanted to talk about what levels are not before we get into what they are is that there are a number of people uh, who have – who contribute greatly to magic events, both large and small, who don't have a judge level or are only – you know, quote unquote, only level one or only level two. And I don't want uh, anybody to think that a level indicates a certain value of, of person in magic events. Um, and I think that we get that kind of into that trap sometimes. Um, that being said, this episode is obviously about levels, so we're talking about that. But I don't think we – I don't want to diminish the the, in, the efforts of like scorekeepers, for example, that, that do a lot of work. Yes. So, so levels are not a, represent, a representation of how much of a real judge you are. Right. Okay. Uh, when you put on the shirt uh, and you are working an event – you are a judge, okay, and you have, you know, your ideas uh, will can can stand. You know, your ideas uh, should be evaluated based on the merit of the idea. So an L one can have a better idea than on how to do something than an L five. Okay, it's just yes, true story. Mm-hmm. Um, and has happened. Yeah, like that's not just a theoretical thing. Nope. Now again. The flip side of that is the L5 generally has at a large GP level event, probably has more experience in dealing with the specific issue. Okay. Yeah. And that's and that's where things start to boil down to is the levels do tend to gravitate towards how much experience you have at a particular or in a particular role. Um now levels also are not necessarily a limit on what you can do. Okay, you know, like, oh, I want to be a level two so that I can mentor mentor people to L one. No, that's not true. Uh, you can mentor somebody at any level. You can mentor somebody at at level zero. You can men- you can help them study the rules and get to get to level one. You can help them get to level two. Um, all of that kind of stuff. What you can't do as a level one is actually administer the test. But really, when it comes right down to it, that's the boring part. 
<laughs> okay. Really, that's, that's like, yeah, yeah, you get a checkbox because you tested somebody. But the people that did the work are the people that did the work. Um, okay, yeah, so is know, it... I, uh, along those lines, I think I've mentioned this on the show a long time ago, but one of my like biggest regrets when, became, when I became level two was... I kind of sat on all these plans for like community building or mentoring or whatever until I got to level two. And once I got there, I was like, it didn't make any sense to wait. Like, why did I do that? It, there's just no need for it. Right. Yeah. And, and we want to see, and we'll, we'll get into this when we, when we talk about level two, like the expectation is for level twos to, to mentor. Well, when you're a level one looking to become level, level two, well, the best way to show that you're willing to mentor somebody is to do it. Okay. I mean, there's, there's nothing stopping you from doing it. A lot of times we'll actually see that as a, a as an excuse. You know, have you mentored somebody? No, I'm just an, uh, just a level one. What is that? That, that doesn't mean anything, but anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Okay. So before we dive into level one, I think, I think we should mention, we throw around the term level zero a lot. Uh, and basically all that ever means is somebody interested in judging, trying to become a judge, but who is not a certified judge because like Brian mentioned earlier, if you're at an event and judging, you are a judge. You know, you may not be certified, but you are a judge. Yep. You are you are a tournament official. Yeah. Uh, and that is... Yeah. Level so, zero is kind of our term for people who are not certified judges but are judging. So so before we get into to level one, uh, just to bring us back to what, what the levels are. Okay, so the level levels are a representation of the roles and responsibilities within the, the judge community. Um and I wanted I wanted to to state that you will tend to gravitate, and this this is this is my opinion. So Justin CJ might disagree, but I'm gonna say you're gonna tend to gravitate to the level uh, that matches the the role and responsibility that you wanna that you naturally fulfill. Like if you want to do certain things, you're gonna tend to do those, and people are gonna recognize them, and you're gonna tend to to uh, to advance up the levels uh, and and have those roles and responsibilities realized. But if you're a person that's happy at your store and running uh, a local local events and that's your thing, then you know you're, you're at the level that you need to be. Uh, so it's it's kind of one of the things where it's like you you will become the level that you are destined to be, I guess is probably <laughs> the best way to say it. I doubt that's the best way to say it. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's it's very. I know, I get you. I don't, I don't know. You get me, <laughs> you, you feel you, me, dog. You tend to judges tend to level up uh, in, in accordance with the the participation that they are exhibiting in the judge community. Now, again, that's not always true, but that tends to, as a rule, be the case. Now, here's a here's a funny thing that we say in the corporate world: um, you're promoted to your level of incompetence. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like. You know, as long as you're doing excellent, then there's this push to, you know, get you to the next level. And then, you know, as long as you're doing excellent in that in that role, there's a push to to, to elevate you. And then you get to a certain point and that push goes away because you really don't know what you're doing anymore. <laughs> I mean, yeah, right? that that uh, I don't know about the don't know what you're doing anymore part, but I think the rest of it fits. I think there comes oh, yeah. a point where you get to the point where this is what you are are this is where you are best and where you are participating the most right. and and that becomes um where you're known and and then that's what people want you to do and and so on and so forth so and, and then if, if you want to go beyond that you're gonna have to do some work and you're gonna have to make it known that that's what you want to do yeah so uh, I, to to steal steal a, a phrase that i saw in a in an article so 
for level two, there are requirements for level two. And if you don't meet those requirements, then you you can't become level two. However, you can exceed level two on certain axes. Okay, so in that regard, you know, yes, levels are uh, a, a floor. Okay, meaning once you once you once you have met all of the the requirements, you step up to that next floor, and then you know maybe your skills grow on certain axes, that kind of thing. Uh, but sometimes, as we were just talking about, sometimes levels are also a ceiling. Okay, you will get to a level, and that is where you're going to be because you know what you're putting into what your roles and responsibilities that you gravitate towards do not fill the expectations of another level. And this can go this can go up and down. There's some people that are, you know, who have stepped up to level three and then they've realized that they're no longer fulfilling the the, the obligations of a level three and stepped down to two. Uh Jeff Morrow was a, a level five and he stepped down to level three. Uh, he he was level four. Oh what did I say? Five. Five. Oh, five. Sorry, misspoke. Um there have been some other judges that uh, have stepped down from a four to a three or to a two, uh, some that have stepped down from a three to a two. Uh, so it, it happens. Uh, just people look at the, uh, the level of responsibility that they're, that they're fulfilling, the roles that they're having, and they realize and they, they recalibrate. All right. Well, we spent a long time without talking about any specific level. Yeah, we did. Let's let's move so on to that. Think we can actually do that now. No, no, no. I want to talk about so level one. I want to talk about how I'm sick. Yeah, you yeah. Need let's mute right now. I need to be <laughs> just for like can, two can we, and a half minutes. Can we go back to the, the what was the like the first episode where I got drunk on Nyquil? Oh man, uh, what that was named a uh, Nyquilamin or something like that. Nyquilamin. Yeah. <laughs> like story time with Brian okay, Nyquilamin. I'm gonna go mute and I'm gonna go chug half a bottle of Nyquil. Right, okay. That. Um. <laughs> all right so a level one judge i'll tackle this one um, excellent you should not tackle your local level one judge uh, also known as a lo- i do a lo- <laughs> also known as a local judge uh every judge level has like a little cutesy additional title the role it's sure um so what we expect to have a level one judge is, is they are a kind of our i've heard it regularly described as our regular rel army so Level one judges, obviously, there's more of them than any other judge in the world, of course. I mean, that obviously, that makes sense. Uh, but it's by a magnitude of four, I think. I haven't looked at the numbers in a while, but I think there's probably around 4,000 level one judges, maybe more. Uh, and what we expect out of a level one judge is to kind of be that store judge, that that person who's working at store level events. Um, so you, a, a level one judge might find themselves running and organizing store level events at only one store. Uh, you may find them, uh, they could find themselves as floor judges at competitive events, but that is certainly not a major expectation for a level one judge. Um, right. So judges, level one judges that are working at competitive REL events or that are head judging Grand Prix trials um, are, should also be the level one judges that are nearing and trying to reach uh, level two, um, since that is an expectation that we have uh, of capability for level two, but not one that we have for level one. Can well, I? Yeah, okay. Go ahead. At, the, at this point, I do I do want to bring up a pet peeve. You pesky level ones. Okay. The the pet the pet peeve is uh the level one judge uh who gets certified on oh say a Wednesday and then on Saturday you find out that they're head judging a GPT. Yeah. Well, okay. So before we get there, let's talk about 
what knowledge we expect a level one to have. Yeah, let's okay. talk about that first. What they're tested on. Uh, so we expect them, obviously, to have a basic understanding of the comprehensive rules. Um, I don't know how true this is anymore, but I know at one point it was mentioned that mostly they should focus on the comprehensive rules as applies to standard right now. Uh, that's true yeah. for the sake of the test. Yeah. Um, I think that's less true as time moves on. A lot of stores are starting to have modern events on a regular right. basis. Yeah. Really, and you want to know whatever rules you, they play at your store. Right. Yes. Uh, luckily, the rules are the rules for everything. It's just keyword abilities are the only additional things you might have to learn. Well, I mean, there is that rule that makes the stack work different in modern. You mean the... Wait, no. Hey, come on. <laughs> well, I was going to say the graveyard works differently in the legacy, <laughs> but that's it. Um, and EDH. Uh, you're expected to know the judging at regular document. Shocker. We expect level one judges to judge mostly regular REL events, so it's natural that you would be tested on the judging at regular document. And then in the MTR, there's a few sections you're expected to know. It's a sections 2, 10, appendix B, which is like timings, um, minimum sanctioning rules, things like that, and sideboard and, and deck construction regulations for all formats. So you have to know the sideboard rules for modern or whatever. Yeah, there's also there's also section I I would say now while it's not on the the test specifically, but I would say section four, which covers uh, the shortcuts and communication policy and stuff like that. That's yeah. that's relevant at all all levels as well. And yeah. so it's not on the test, but it's really really good idea to know those kind of things. So and I just and I just had a lot of Nyquil, so we got about <laughs> half an hour before I become loopy. All right, we gotta hurry. Um, okay, so now now that we understand, the words uh, infraction procedure guide were nowhere in there. Uh, and now we can circle back to Brian's earlier point where they become level one. And although technically a level one can be the head judge of a GPT, I wouldn't yeah. recommend it for a brand new one. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of one of these one of these things where where the IPG is a very, very dense 20, 30 page document, 22 pages it's, it's a very dense document to the point that that I've got a project where we I write a pair where we've got a paragraph written down for each and every sentence in the document. It's that dense. Yeah, I think um, we'll. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay, so it's it's you know obviously we want you if you're going to do an event we want to set you up for success, and it's it can very well be now I understand that a GPT that's like eight players, nine players can feel it's like, Oh, well this is smaller than an F and M. But the, the, the policies and procedures that you're expected to, to, to put into play there. If you haven't had the experience, uh, with them, then you are not being set up for success. So if your goal is, I want to hedge edge GPTs, make sure as you're learning, that the judge who is working with you understands that as a goal and can start work working that education into into uh, into your education. Yep. <sighs> All right. So. So they double educate you. Uh, yeah, your double education is sweet on yeah, all the education. Frankly, the IPG is tough going in blind, and uh, you know having someone else there that can help you double check your rulings and stuff to get started. Uh, it's a big help. Yep. So what do you gotta what do you gotta do what do you gotta know, uh, or what do, what do you gotta do to become a level one? So uh, this first one is I think surprising to some people because you have to become a level one you have to have already judged at two sanctioned events, um, and this is it kind of goes back to that level zero point we were talking about. You can judge an event without being a judge, being a certified judge, and uh, this this requirement kind of hits that home. Yeah, this 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 requirement right here is the the purpose of it. 
is we want level one judges. We want judges who are interested in running events. And again, the best way to show that you're interested in running events is to have run them. So, Shogger. And shop, level twos yeah. out there. This is a requirement. This is not a recommendation. I, I right. This one gets skipped sometimes. Stop doing that. This is an actual requirement. We're not just testing people who aren't going to ever, ever judge. Um, the next one requirement is... Eh, it's a, oh, and by the way, we, you know, the definition of judging at an event isn't too strict, right? I mean, if you're there, you're answering rules questions. Um, maybe you're helping out with scorekeeping a little bit. I would say if you're the rules guy at your store, yeah. if, if, you, if you are the person that the people at your store look to to handle rules disputes then you're judging. And if you're not that person, just ask to be. Yeah. Like, just for one or two events, just say, can I be that guy? Odds are the guy behind the counter will be very happy yeah. that he doesn't have to. Um, so another requirement is, it says brief interview, written recommendation recommendation from level two. Um, personally, for that, for me, that mostly means if I'm willing to test you, you have passed this brief interview. Yeah. It's, it's You sit down, I mean, that's kind of like, you might have an L2 candidate or an L1 candidate that you haven't interacted with. So you'll sit down and you'll ask a question. You'll get a, you'll get a vibe for the, for the person. Yeah. Um, if you're like, I want to be a level one to, um, assert my beliefs. On, I want to be a I level one so that people quit yeah, telling I'm, I'm, me I'm wrong. Yeah. 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 Eh. Okay. Cause you're uh, going to be told you're wrong a lot at level one too. You get told you're wrong a lot all the way up. Yeah, you do. You do. It happens. You do. You get into an argument, even at level three, like Jess and I will start getting, we'll get into an argument over about something. It's like, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. No, you. And then we'll slap fight at each other. Uh, typically, typically the the slap fight is uh, Facebook stickers. Yeah. I mean, Facebook stickers <laughs> in, in over the internet or, you know, in person, it can it could be an actual slap fight. It's better if you have Justin Turner involved, um, but it it's it goes back and forth. Mostly Facebook stickers. Mostly Facebook stickers. Mostly. <laughs> okay. All right. So you need a passing score on the level one exam, obviously. Uh, so a passing score is seventy percent, and it's a twenty-five question exam, and it'll cover the things that we already discussed: the comp rules, the jar, and a little bit of the MTR. Yep. Uh, it's it's untimed generally. Yeah. And then also the uh, the document which details the levels so that you need knowledge of tournament structures with experience as a player in DCI sanctioned tournaments. Um, this is this is just. Do you know what a match is? Do you, yeah. do you know? I mean, it is. Do you, do you know how to record? Uh, how do you know how to record your results for your match? Do you know uh, that you have fifty minutes and there's a number of rounds and that kind of thing? I don't think I did when yeah. I became level one, frankly. But that was a different that was a different time with different. That's, different that was time. still a, that was still a requirement back then. Well, I got hey, I slid by. All right, I'll All take, right, fine. I'll take my level one again. No, okay. Good. <laughs> uh, now, one thing of no for me personally, and this is this is me. Um, a lot of a lot of people are like, "Hey, give me that test. Let me pass that test." Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, for and this is this is me personally. I will not give you the test unless you have also already passed the interview. Yeah. Okay. Because it is a a, a kick in the crotch to take and pass the test 
and then to fail the interview. Absolutely. I mean, I'm okay. not. I also won't give you the test if I don't think you'll pass the test. Uh, that's. I mean, that's part of my personal interview. That, that's that's kind of like if they're if they're close. If it, if yeah, it's, if they're close. But if it, well, if if it's if they're like woefully if they're close, I'll give it to them. If they're like woefully unprepared, then probably what we'll do is again, you want to set them up for success. Right. So these are the things that we want to work on. Let's take a few practice tests. Let's work on these things, and then that way, when you do take the test, you'll pass. Um. Like there is a level one practice test, um, and if if you pass that or you're pretty close, then I'm you know pretty yeah. good to work from there. Yep. All right. So now that you're a level one judge, and then life gets in the way, what what how how do you maintain your level one? You judge at least once a year. <laughs> once a year. Yep. Ooh. So the so the idea is once you once you've put forth the effort to learn the rules, okay, just judging. You know, you can, you can maintain with some minimal effort, and uh, so you. Yeah, judge really, the, this requirement is not so much that this is what you're expected to do, as much as it is that like if you haven't done this for a year, you're basically considered inactive. Yeah, like it's it's not that you know you do it once a year and you're like, got my got my event out of the way. No, it's just that like once you've hit a year, it's a way of saying, okay, this this person is not actually doing any judging. Yeah, and, although and, and filtered them out. I unfortunately do know a few judges who are doing the whew, got my event out of the way. I can I mean sure there there, there are going to be people that do that, but yeah. I think by and large on the whole, uh which means the same thing. Uh by, <laughs> by and large it's uh uh most th- that doesn't really count for most people. I think I think this is sure. this requirement is not there that purpose yeah there there is also the the understanding that yes life does get in the way okay and there will be you know uh a lot of l1s are you know college age kids and i can call them kids because i'm old um and you know you might have two semesters where things are really busy and you just don't get a chance to get out there okay you're still going to keep your level one now one one change and this is a few months old, several months old, actually. Uh, it used to be if you lapsed, you could judge an event. Uh, if you were an L1 and you lapsed, uh, you would judge an event and you'd be recertified. You'd go back to being a level one. That's no longer the case. Okay, so if you do lapse, uh, you need to find a level two, take the L1 test again, all that good stuff. Also, don't be that guy that just like, oh, I need to get my level one. I need to get my one event in so I can keep going to conferences and get foils. Don't be that guy. All right. Yes, which is something we haven't mentioned, but is a thing. So we'll get into that at some point, probably. <laughs> so, um, level two. Wait, so we, we're ready to move on to level two, right? Don't we don't don't we want to talk about what they can head judge and what oh, they yeah, can? Yeah. We already mentioned GPTs, but uh, a level one can also technically head judge an IQ, a Star City Games IQ. Um, and a Star City Games Super IQ requires two level, two total levels of judges. So technically, once again, a, a level one could head judge that. But once again, please don't become level one and then just go straight into these. I you just, yep. I mean, <laughs> it's just, it's just, don't, it's just, just don't do it. Yeah, it's not, it's not a good like idea. That. You haven't been exposed, or you haven't been exposed to the the concepts as as rigorously. You know, work with somebody, ease into it, that kind of thing. It's a growth skill. Uh, uh, so don't just plow into it head first. Yeah. Now, you know, what we haven't mentioned is generally level ones will head judge F and M's, 
pre-releases, game days, things like that. That's Which what really normally... pre-releases are the best events to judge anyway. Yeah. Um, you can also uh, floor judge uh, PPTQs. Uh, with regard to GPs, it's actually been changing again recently. So it used to be in the way, way back machine that level ones could work the work the floor of, of Grand Prix. Uh, then it changed so that level ones could uh, work sides. And then there was kind of this, this shift where less and less level ones were getting on staff for events. And I'm actually seeing that trend kind of change. And and more level as the GP start getting larger and sides start becoming more and more important, uh, uh, I'm seeing more and more level ones on staff for Grand Prix. So, you know, everything's a cycle. Okay. Go on to level two now. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. So. Are you laughing at that? Well, I felt like you were going to say something after everything's a cycle. Yeah. Also, I tried to think of examples of things that weren't cycles, and I couldn't come up with anything. I mean, land cycling. He's... I mean, there's... Uh, Fluctuator. I guess a bear is not a cycle. The bear is not a cycle. <laughs> the, com- the commands. Yeah. Wait, those are cycles. Those are definitely a cycle. Those are cycles. All right, level two, area judge. Yeah, so area oh. judges are, are... With times height. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> So like level ones are diameter judges, and level <laughs> yeah. are area judges. perimeter L ones are perimeter judges. Uh, um, so you have uh, level two judges. They the idea is that a level two judge. The reason they're called an area judge is that they work with more than one store, and they work at uh, area events. So they work at the kind of events where people that normally go to one store will go to other stores to attend to them, such as your more competitive events with prizes, like we already mentioned, GPTs, PPTQs, etc. Um, so the, the, this is where knowledge of the IPG becomes a lot more important and you have uh, co- competitive events and you want to be familiar with what's related to competitive events, both the practices that go into the IPG and also just how an event is run. Um, if you've never worked with an event that has match slips before and you're running a competitive event with 40 players, you're going to want to know how match slips work and what they are. Um, and your level two judges tend to have more experience with these kinds of things. Um, they, they are required to know deck checks or rather how to do deck checks. Um, sorry, let me say deck checks, not deck techs, which it sounded like I said. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. And I should, I should mention you're not required to know that before you become level two. Like that's very explicitly called out, but as someone who is a level two, you are expected to know that. Yeah. Basically, we need to make sure that you leave the interview knowing how to do a deck check. Yeah, you yes. you can't you can't be certified for level two without knowing how to do a deck check. But that is not something like That's... it is so easy to teach. Yeah, yeah. It's that... so it's it's weird. It's not a requirement to take the test and get right. interviewed. But at the end of the interview, you're going to know how to do it because that needs to be that needs to be part of it. Exactly. Uh, same thing with entering a, a DQ report as well Mm -hmm. Uh, that's something that you don't necessarily have to know how to do in order to take the l2 but after the interview you should and if you are an l2 and that wasn't gone over you need to contact that level three and tell him he's slacking or she or she i was i was putting myself in that in that role uh you're the slacker i'm the slack no dunks is actually the slacker okay yep pretty much yeah (laughs) exactly um no it's something you need to go at least go over uh and discuss um, yep. but I think, I think a lot of people kind of, uh, skim over it and that may not be the best idea. We also, we also expect level twos to mentor 
uh, and and bring up people from from level zero to to level one. Now, any level can do this, but it's an expectation of of level twos. It's an expectation that they'd be willing to do this. Yeah. So, like, if someone comes up and is like, "Hey, I want to learn how to do this," and you're like, "No, go talk to Jess." Yeah. Right, like you don't actually, you don't have to actively seek people out, but if someone comes up to you, mm-hmm. you help them. Mm-hmm. Um, so the big thing about level twos is, and this is the last major quote-unquote redefinition of a level that happened, uh, is that we expect a level two, basically, the base floor level two should be able to head judge a PPTQ. And so all the requirements thereof um, are kind of meant to make sure that that can actually happen. Because uh, with PPTQs going bonkers, that's where we're at. Where we need a level two out the out the door to be able to head judge one. Um, it's it's yep. not great. I I hate sending a brand new level two to a head judge a PPTQ, but you at least know they've gone through the bare minimum. Well, it it depends. It depends on the PPTQ, really. Like some PPTQs are 20, 20 people, okay, which is only slightly larger than the average GPT. Right. Right. Okay. Uh, however, some PPTQs are seventy people. Right. So I would be, I'm fine with a brand new L2 twenty person PPTQ. No hesitation at all. Go. I wouldn't be testing you if I didn't think you could handle that. Um, a seventy person PPTQ is like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> who's who who uh, who are your judges who are going to be helping you with that? You know, that's going to be one of the first questions. Is just like, what support structure do you have? Uh, just the guy behind the counter. Is that how Georgia runs things? Feels like it sometimes. Luckily, we don't <laughs> get the seventy-person one. We get the fifty-person one in the mall yeah. food court. So, <laughs> the food court. welcome to level two, yeah. Chris Langston. It's so, all yours. So, one one of the other things that that level twos do is they serve as the backbone of competitive REL events. Okay, your Star City opens your GPs, they are, the staff is heavily L2, over half the staff, sometimes 70, 80% of the staff is level two judges. Okay. So what do we expect a level two uh, to know about? What, what would they be tested on? So, so are you asking what is the actual test or what do we expect a level two to know? Like those aren't actually the same question. <laughs> Well, we kind of talked about a little bit of what we expect a level two to know as far as competitive events are run. But yeah, I guess mostly just the test. Um, so for the test, they need to know the IPG mm-hmm. uh, and they need to know uh, deeper rules knowledge than, than L1s and more focused on things like modern. Um, or, or deeper, we'll say deeper rules knowledge than the baseline expectation for a level one. Right. I'm sorry. I was, sorry, I was referring to the test. I'm um, being so, political there. <laughs> uh, sure. I, I I think you let, let me correct your spelling of pedantic there. Uh, <laughs> oh. And so the we we expect them to know a, a, basically everything that a level one knows except more of it, <laughs> like d- deeper into each concept. Uh, and I think and, you start getting into modern uh, modern and modern keywords and abilities more. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Uh, in fact, the test also has a lot of stuff from from modern things. So, do you, you want to make sure you're at least somewhat familiar with that format? Um, and there there are going to be more things about 
replacement effects and state-based actions that we expect you to know more thoroughly, uh, as well as things with the uh, continuous effects and the layers those are applied in, which we conveniently have an, a couple of episodes on. Uh, more things for the show notes. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> um, and, and the test itself is mostly going to be about those things. And then in addition to that, obviously, we already mentioned we expect um, tournament procedure knowledge and um, the knowledge of how a competitive REL event is run. If you've never played in a competitive REL event, I, I suggest you do this before becoming level two. I hadn't. I, so CJ, <laughs> keep holding yourself up as like the poster child for not what a level two is. Wow. Like at the beginning, like you're like, I didn't do these things that you guys are telling us to do. The rules were different back then. I it's so true. That. It's so yeah, true. Oh, yeah, oh, it oh, was a lot different back then. It was, like, it was, you came from the wild west of Georgia. Like sub 2000 judges back then. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was. Let anyone in. It was four, 1400 judges. It was oof. Yeah. No, it, was, it was a completely different judge world back then. But uh, these days, these I, 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 there's no good reason with the number of events that we have going on. There's no good reason that as a level two judge, you've never experienced the kind of event that you're going to be judging. Yep. So, All right. Yeah, the requirements. requirements. So before you can actually go sit down and test, uh, you're expected to have a written recommendation from a level two or higher judge. So this doesn't have to be a deep dive. Uh, I feel I feel like we'll touch on level three here in a second, but I feel like sometimes people want to go through every like candidate for level three, and it's just it's not necessary. But you need a recommendation from a level two or higher that's saying, yeah, I think this person is ready for level two. Uh, you also need to demonstrate a, a working relationship with at least two organizers or stores. So this goes on to something I think uh, just mentioned earlier is that we expect level twos to be area judges. They're judging in their area. So if you're if you're a store judge staying at one store all the time. Um, that's not really what we expect out of a level two judge. So, yeah. you, you need so again, this is this is this is evidence of the role uh, aspect of the levels. Okay, we are wanting the area judges to travel to multiple multiple locations and be more of a force in the area as opposed to tied to an individual location. Mm -hmm. uh, three reviews of other judges entered into judge.wizards.com. So this is one of my favorite ones. It used to be one review, and I'm so glad it's three now. Uh, demonstrating ability to deliver constructive feedback. So that doesn't, that means not only do you need three reviews, but they gotta be three good reviews. Or, well, not awful. Three helpful reviews. Yeah. Like if your, if your review is, you know, it was great working with you. See you next event. Yeah. You know, or the, those, those, those kind of reviews aren't gonna, aren't gonna count. And the question is, well, can the level three who's testing you see those reviews? No, normally not. Um, so they might ask you to cut and paste them in an email. You know, how do I share them? Email works. Uh, another requirement, judge at least six reported events, easy enough. And then you have to judge at least three high-level events with multiple judges. So this includes PPTQs, PTQs, WMCQs, GPs, um, big events like SCG Opens or 5Ks. And then other large events might count, uh, including GPTs, although I have not heard of a large GPT in quite some time. Uh, they might count if the regional coordinator okays them. Yeah, this this is not going to be the case in the United States. Really. Yeah, I haven't heard of a large, a, lo a big enough GPT in a long time. But the, time. That, that whole clause in there about GPTs is in there specifically for other countries. There are other countries that have GPTs that pull 50 people. Okay. 
Um, uh, I think I've, I think I've heard Japan having like a ninety person GPT. Wow. There are some areas of the United States where GPTs can can pull significant numbers. This is especially true if you have a GPT for a GP that will happen within say forty miles of the store. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, and, but still with PPTQs out. Yeah. Well, that, okay. Definitely. Here, here's like, the thing. The leading G- up to Orlando. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. GP, GP Orlando uh, three years ago. Four years ago, something like that. I worked. I, I did a GPT at the store one weekend. It was for GP. G, it was a GPT for Dallas. It got eight people. The following week, they had a GPT for Orlando. In Orlando, it had seventy-two people. Hmm. So I could have used uh, that. Could have been a multi-judge event. It it, it wasn't because we didn't expect seventy-two people. Right. But it could it could have been a multi-judge event. All right. So a uh, couple more requirements. One is a written tournament report from one of those multiple judge events I just mentioned. Uh, and once again, this is all just making sure you're, you are prepared to head judge a PPTQ, right? If you've never judged a PPTQ, you're not really going to be prepared to head judge a PPTQ. Um, things like that. And a score of 70% or higher on the level two practice exam. Yep. Which can you make? You can make level two practices for yourself, can't you? You don't need a level yeah, three once, for that. once you're level you, one. You can yeah. make a level two practice exam for yourself. However, uh, it, once you take it, there is a cooldown period where you can't take it again. Right. Uh, so make sure that you're actually paying attention to it. Remember that there is a time limit on it. Don't go get pizza for yourself or something while you're uh, while you're supposed to be taking it. Right. Right. Um, so you know it's 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 kind of important to take seriously. So so if if you take it and then you don't pass it, I think it's a two month waiting period. I'm not a hundred percent certain on that. Uh, but that's, that's uh, the real exam, I think the practice. I think it actually. Uh, I think it might be two months. Um, either way, well, in CJ, order to why don't take you it, fail and see uh, see how long it takes. <laughs> actually, so, the real one is now three months anyway. So I was incorrect about that. There's actually a, a funny bug where I, I don't know if this is a bug or a feature. If I were to t- so here's the thing: the, the cooldown period is for whether or not you pass or fail. By the way, I don't know if you guys knew that. Um, if you pass, you still have to wait the cooldown period. Sure. Yeah. So I I, uh, I I at one point took a level two practice test because I wanted to see what kind of stuff were on it. And then I couldn't create one for anyone else for the entire cooldown period. Yeah, I had the exact same happen for level one. It's it's a it's a, a poor design feature. Yes. Yeah. So also with the with these requirements, um, <clears throat> the regional coordinators have some ability to tweak the requirements. Uh, and by that, I'll say, like, for example, in the southeast, uh, we require a score of 80 percent or higher on a level two practice, OK, as opposed to a 70. Uh, the reason is you require an 80 to pass the level two practice. Uh, pass the level two, the real thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, sorry. You need a, you need an 80 to, pra- to, to pass the level two. So why would we let you essentially fail the practice test? Uh, to meet the criteria to take the real test. So, yeah, and let's talk about that. So we've gotten through all the pre-test requirements now. And so after that, you're finally able to test. You're going to find a level three. Um, and it's a good idea to check in with your regional coordinator at some point anyway, if you're going for a level two, uh, in case maybe they've they've waived some of the requirements or, or changed them or whatever. But you've done all that, so now you're finally ready. You get a level three, and they're going to sit you down. And what... Um, what they're going to expect is a you pass the level two exam with a score of 80 percent or higher. Now, this exam is 50 questions. And sometimes that surprises people because it's a lot more than the um, the level one exam. It's a meat grinder compared to the level one. It's it's big. It's hefty. I mean, it took me a while to take it. 
and we we could have honestly we could have an entire episode just on test taking tips for that exam for that one specifically it's, yeah yeah like it's, it's, hunker, it's hunker down you're gonna be there yeah for exactly but yeah so 80 percent or higher um you're gonna go through a uh, a brief um uh, another interview with a level three so this interview is gonna be a little more substantial than the uh level one interview might have been um it's theoretically possible to pass the exam and fail the interview I've, I've, it is not just theoretically possible. I have seen this occur, although I have never done it to someone. Okay. The, the only case in which I have actually seen that occur is that a candidate um, managed to pass the test by getting all of the rules, comprehensive rules questions yeah. right, and all of the all of the policy questions wrong. Right. And when when they discussed it, they were kind of of the opinion that you should the competitive REL just wasn't that important. And they were told, well, I don't think you're a good fit. Yeah. Yeah. If you're like, I want to be a level two, but I don't really care about this competitive rail thing. Right. Doesn't That doesn't seem to jive so good. No. But yeah, that's basically it for actually sitting down and becoming level two after you do uh, all the pre-event stuff. Um, so, so what are, so those are all then after all that, so. After you make level two, uh, you get to what you have to show that you are, and we mentioned this, uh, a willingness to mentor and certify other judges. Um, you are expected to participate in the regional, let's see here, uh, the, the regional community. I mean, basically, again, we want to, we want you to be an area judge. So that it involves talking with people outside your store, uh, and the mentoring. And all that good stuff. Uh, as part of the exam, as part of the interview, we will make sure that you know how to do a deck check. Know how, know, make sure that you know how to enter a certification review. Because again, that's one of the things that level twos can do. They can, they can do the administrative part of making L1s. Uh, and then enter in a disqualification report, which there's a handy FAQ on the uh, uh, official blogs page on how to do that. So... Okay, so to maintain your status as a level two, uh, a lot of it is actually just keep doing the things you had to do to become level two in the first place. So <clears throat> you can't become level two and then start solely working for one store. You need to continue having a relationship with two or more stores. Um, you need to every year have it enter at least two reviews of other judges into the judge center. Mm -hmm. And I want to be clear about something. The, the, the organizers of stores thing is actually separate organizers. Um, it, it's, it's like, if you have two stores that are the same organizer that may or may not count depending on the situation. So make sure that you're, that you're dealing with that appropriately. If you have some weird case like that, um, oddly, the requirements say that you have to both judge at least, uh, two high level events. It doesn't actually give a time. And then it also says you have to judge a tournament every 365 days. So it's like. Oh man, you're boned on those leap years. So, <laughs> well, uh, it sounds like you have to judge two tournaments in a year, which is what the requirements used to be. So I think that's correct. Um, and they want you to keep judging these high level events, but with yeah. PPTQs, that's no problem. Oh, dude, you're swimming in events, beating them away with a stick. I am right now. And yeah. uh, also says you have to write a written tournament report once again, presumably once a year. Uh, that's what it says. 
Right. So it's 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 not just a tournament report. It's a written contribution to the judge community. So it's, it could either be a tournament report. Oh, yeah. It could be um, a judge article. Yeah. It could, there, there are numerous ways that you could go. Those are just the two most common. Yeah. I mean, really, it's just it's just contribute. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's I mean, it boils right down to it is is just like, again, level two is a role. You need to participate in the larger judge community. Um, that's really what there is to it. now. We're <laughs> <laughs> off of it. Yep. Yeah. Um, level level twos actually are in and this is this is in my mind. They're actually in kind of a sweet spot. Okay, they get to go to the, uh, they get to go to the GPS. They get to go to the the SCG opens. <clears throat> There's a lot of focus and energy from the from the from the L3s and stuff like that on improving the level twos and and giving them opportunities and putting them into leadership positions and and growing and developing them. So. So I, I think that when when you when you next level it and get to the point where you're where you're going to to opens and you're going to 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 GPs, there is kind of this you know the world opens up to you almost. And now this is kind of me talking about the level two experience. So you can be a level two and you can be in your region and you can you can do your you can do your stores and your and your PPTQs and that's fine that's a-okay that's a lot of people enjoy doing that thing like doing that kind of thing and that's where they feel that their skills are being fully realized fully actualized um but you also have this this other track where you can where you can go to the gps and go to the opens and that kind of thing and that's actually i think when a lot of people think what a magic judge is that's kind of the image that gets conjured up would you guys agree with that yeah, I would, which is odd since that's not what nearly the majority of magic judges do. No, it's it's not, but it's, it's sort just of what like, the most visible ones do. Yeah, I think it's it's almost like this is the 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 L two traveling to different cities is almost like the romanticized ideal of a judge. Well, you know, it's also kind of like how if you talk about a magic player to me right now, I think about one at a tournament, even if it's a store level tournament. But reality is the vast majority of magic players never set foot. You know, maybe they go into a store and buy like two packs and leave. Right. Yeah, the cat, the kitchen table players are yeah. the vast majority. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and, true and, magic players. And likewise it is the rare magic judge, level two magic judge that at even level three that spends every weekend at an event somewhere. Uh, going around and and from city to city to city, uh, Star City Games open or whatever it is. Mm. Um, most of them just don't even come close to that, and that's okay. That's not that's not an expectation. Nope, um, not at all. And that should be very clear. And, and and even if you're local, there are some places that have a, a very active scene locally. Um, you're not necessarily expected to do something every weekend. Um, and that's. I feel like a lot of people that are interested in becoming level two are hesitant because they feel that there's a, an unfair expectation that they can't meet. Yeah. Well, frankly, I I have a personal rule where I judge about once a month. Right. And I'm, I mean, I'm on the opposite end of that spectrum these days yeah. um, where I'm, I'm scheduled for a ridiculous number of events coming up. Yeah. But that's not a requirement. No. And that the, uh, uh, let's talk about I'm going to call it scope creep. Um, both for the level one that wants to be a level two and then maybe the level three that's looking looking to test them. Um, like when you are a new level two, 
or you are a level one looking to be level two, it is absolutely incorrect to compare them. Either they compare themselves or you compare them to someone like, like CJ. Okay. Um, and that's not fair to them. That is, that is not, uh, uh, what we're looking for. Okay. CJ has been doing this for a long time. He's got an experience, uh, that a, that is not reasonable to expect a, a new level two to have. Okay. So, so level two is also a very large band of experience. And it is, if you are a level one looking to become level two, don't look at CJ <laughs> and say, I can't be level two because I can't do what he does. Right, exactly. Okay, that's that's not the right way to look at it. That's not the right way to think about it. And that that actually applies to all levels. You know, looking at an experienced level one, you're you're looking to become a looking to become a level one, or you're looking you're an L two looking to become level three, and you're comparing yourself to like Ricky Hayashi. Okay, bad news. If that's your measuring stick, uh, it's going to be a while before you make level three. Then, you know. All right. Uh, speaking of level three. Let's talk about level three <laughs> and let's talk about level three faster than we talked about level two. All right. So we've actually done a whole podcast on, on what it requires to become level three. So we're going to yeah. talk about like what, what the, what the expectations are. Yeah. Uh, and that podcast is still uh, almost entirely accurate. Thankfully. Yeah. It's so, episode 73. So level threes, we are the experts we know everything about everything there's no possible <laughs> way you can stump us uh i dare you to even try yeah yeah that's yeah. the nyquil talking that's not true yeah. at all you're getting drunk right now i get drunk <laughs> on nyquil um no i mean level level threes are we are really the middle management of the program <laughs> is probably the best the best way to say it it's it's not particularly uh glamorous when you say it that way but it really kind of is you team lead gps you serve as the 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 go between between the the head judge and then the floor judges uh you lead projects uh you mentor level ones and level twos um and that's really kind of it the last one you mentioned is actually my favorite bit. Um, there, there are a few things I enjoy more is in the judge community than than being able to be on a GV floor and have a bunch of <clears throat> or a few you know level one level two judges and just be talking about something that that, that we can all learn from. Um, that's a lot of fun for me. Um, the you know there are other level threes that have a different outlook on it. So it's it comes back down to what we were talking about with L twos already is the the you can't really hold up one person and say this is the measuring stick um, of what what do we expect of this level? Yeah, yeah, and and almost I've I've found John John Aldifer had a, a seminar where he was talking about he called them tracks I think is what he called but he said he said judges you tend to when you when you as you start to become like a senior L two you kind of start to go down a, a a path and you might be the logistics guy like the tournament operations guy or you might be like the policy guy or you might kind of go down the i'm the project administrative guy and you and you have a tendency to kind of like no one's going to be an expert in all three of those categories and you're going to kind of find your way and find your place down one of those one of those paths 
so you will get L3s that are that are vastly different in uh, in what their what their scope is uh, uh, or where their area of expertise is. Um, one thing I am going to say that's it's um, is uh, uh, going into this is before we talk about the, the the requirements and stuff like that, where you talked about mentorship of level ones and level twos. Um, one thing that I think that level threes don't do enough of is mentor each other. Um, when you're a level one and level two, there's kind of this this feeling of you know advancement, and I want to learn more, and I want to get more, and there's there's people there helping you advance. When you make level three. Uh, there is a lot of, well, you made it, yeah. and then hands off, go do your own thing. That's also twofold, um, and and I could go on at length about this this topic, but I think there's some uh, some. So like one thing I mentioned earlier is sitting sitting around and talking to people and doing that mentorship thing where I teach a bunch of people stuff, uh, which kind of comes down to. Sometimes it just feels like giving a, a, a podcast to three or four people, right? <laughs> um, but that changes – the tone of that entirely changes if there's another L3 present because it almost feels disrespectful to act as though you're teaching them something uh, because, well, they're, they're, they're level three. They, they must know this already. And it's possible they, they don't and that you're both going to learn something from this conversation and then that's that's important to, to remember. Yeah, and, and getting back to the point, we're, we're not experts on all situations at all – at all times, you know, we're we, just just most situations at most times. Most, yes. I mean, to tell to be completely honest, that's that, that should be true. Yes, it should be. But but yeah, no one no one person knows everything about everything. So, uh, dispelling the myth, we are we are not uh, uh, unapproachable, uh, magical, mystical beasts. Uh, I think there's a seminar called like what call them call us unicorns. Yeah, something like that. No, they're not, they're not unicorns. All right, so let's go over quickly what is commonly referred to as the checklist. But basically, the process for level three is you go through a bunch of gates, and that will let you do the pre-event interview. The pre-event interview is a bunch of questions you have to answer. Uh, that goes through the verification committee. Yeah, so so let's. So the process, the process is for the for the checklists, um, and as we talked about in the in the L3 process or the uh, the L3 podcast with with Jeff Morrow, there is a checklist. There is a set of uh, objective criteria that you have to meet. Uh, you have to serve as head judge of five events with a certain number of judges underneath you. You have to have head judge twenty other events. You have to yeah. have written ten reviews. So we'll, we'll go through that. I'm, I'm oh. leading. The whole point I'm getting to is you have to go through this gate to get through some other gates to eventually get to the panel. So the goal here is the panel um, and the panel is what will uh, the panel and an exam. But I think by this this time, we're all familiar with exams. Uh, <laughs> but that's really what's going to get you to level three. So uh, I'm going to quickly read over what the checklist is, because and if you want a real deep dive, like Brian's already mentioned, you can go to episode 73 with Jeff Morrow who helped pioneer this process. Uh, so you have to be an L2 judge in good standing for at least 12 months. So this is the first one with the actual time limit on it. Um, technically, you could go from level one almost immediately to level two if you have a bunch of events lined up. But this one has an actual time limit. You have to wait 12 months. Yeah. We, get... the, the, expecta the expectation is you can't learn all of the stuff you need to learn yeah. in a year. And frankly, it's true. It's true. I know that from personal experience. 
Uh, you have to have scored at least 80% on a level three preliminary exam in the last six months. You have to have acted as a head judge or team lead for at least five competitive or professional REO events, managing at least two other judges, including at least two such events in the last 12 months. <clears throat> so in the world of PPTQs, that one's probably a little tougher, but you could still do it at Star City Game Opens or uh, events like that. Uh, you have to have acted as head judge for at least 20 other events, including at least five such events in the last 12 months. So basically, they want you to have judged a lot. You have to have participated extensively in the pre-certification training and mentoring of at least two judges who certified for level one in the last 12 months. So you can note here, it doesn't say you have to have certified them, but you have to have participated extensively in pre in the training. Right. And then this is, this is like, for example, I sit there and... I talk to a guy, talk to a guy, train him up, and then he goes to a conference in, say, Alabama. Mm -hmm. And Alabama is kind of far away, and I've been doing all this mentoring uh, online. And Jess is, Jess is there at the, at the conference in Alabama, and he tests them. Okay. That guy still counts for me. Yeah, you claim okay. him. Yeah, I, I, I plant my flag in him. And I, 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 I claim it. <laughs> so you have to demonstrate English competency sufficient to operate as a team lead uh, at an international event. So pretty stiff. That doesn't mean that you actually have to be at an international event. No, but you have to be. Yeah, basically the base language of judging is English. Like that's what we I mean, you, you have to have you GPs are international events, even if they're in the United States. So yeah, that's a fair point. Like, like even if you, if you, if you can't be, you can't panel without having been at a GP at least twice. Right. So you but, do have to participate in the international event. Right. To become L3. But the, the communication channels at level three are predominantly in English. Yes. Yeah. Um, you have to demonstrate participation in the judge community on a regional or global level beyond just being on staff at events, such as, uh, you can be on the mailing list, you can write articles, you can do seminars, you could be on uh, a host of JudgeCast. Any of those will do it for you. Yep. Do some, do stuff. Did that work for you guys? <laughs> well, JudgeCast? Yes. I mean, I put it's it Not on, on its there. own, but yes, Factor. it definitely helps. Um, you have to have written a self-review, so it's not specific to an event, but a self-review in the last 12 months covering all of the qualities of level three judges, which we're going to mention uh, in a little bit. And then if your self-review is older than six months old, you have to include a brief update indicating progress. Yeah, this is this is actually one of the hard requirements, okay? Like all the other ones, you just kind of like, oh, yeah, I, I certified people. Oh, yeah, I did events. Oh, that those kind of things happen, I, yeah, I'm going to say naturally. But this one is one that you got to sit down and do. My first thing is if somebody comes and they talk to me about it, that this is the first thing I tell them to do. Because the other things are just – most of the other things will happen as you are active. Right. Nat um, natural – the naturally occurring checklist items. Yeah. This one will actually help you improve in ways you wouldn't otherwise mm. because you get you get to see things that you, that you uh, might not otherwise see because you have to – looking at yourself objective, objectively is difficult and not something we're prone to doing. Uh, so the self-review is very helpful in that regard. So you also have to get it approved by a, an approval group. But now, to be clear, that approval group is not judging you. Yeah, uh, they're they're only judging whether they they they're they're as I understand it. I'm not part of that group, but as I understand it, uh, judging whether or not the the review itself is a quality review, not whether or not you are good enough based on that review. Right. Yep. yep. So here's a here's a here's a hint of back up your statements with examples. Right. Uh, if you if you say like, oh, 
I'm I'm seen as a leader in my community. Okay, that's that's a that's a statement. But then you, how are you going to back that up? Prove it. Give me give us examples um, uh, on how you met that or how you know basically justify that statement. Uh, don't write it as like a you know. Oh, I'm writing this interview or this uh, this review to kind of sell myself, almost like a like a resume. Right, and I think a lot of people do that. The, yeah. The, the, oh yeah. The, the 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 trick there is that if you're at the point where you you're considering level three and you should be considering level three, you probably don't need to do that. The the examples should do that for you. Yeah. Also, also, don't shy away from areas of improvement. That's a that's another trap. Uh, yeah. Because I I I am on the verification committee uh, for the L three checklist, so I do get to read a lot of these uh, these self reviews. Yeah, maybe and, be a, a future episode is all right. Just just don't don't like gloss over or do the areas of improvement where it's like my my biggest weakness is I care too much. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't saying that to shut you down, although okay. if that happens, that is a nice side that's a, that's a, that's a <laughs> Gotcha. Uh, you also have to have written at least 10 reviews in the last 12 months. Once again, you know, we're the higher up in level, the higher up we expect you to uh, be helping others around you grow. Yeah, if you look at it, the requirement for level two was two reviews a year, but yeah. to get to level three, you've got to write 10 in the last 12 months. Yep. That's a pretty big gap. Uh, certification reviews count, but your self-review does not count. And they say you have to include reviews from judges both inside and outside of your region. Reviews, you have to review judges of higher, equal, and lower level. And you have to demonstrate the ability to point out both strengths and areas for improvement. So not only do you need to include those AOIs for yourself, you need to include them for other people. Right. Also have to receive a written recommendation from at least two of the following categories. Your regional coordinator, a level three plus judge within your region, a level three plus judge outside of your region. So you need two of those three. And to call this a recommendation is a little bit of a, a questionable term. Mm-hmm. It's really more of an evaluation. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Ricky was actually literally talking about that today. It's it's it, when you get a recommendation from someone, it, it won't just be like a checkbox yes or no, or shouldn't just be like a checkbox <laughs> yes or no. no. Uh, we, 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 yes, I think this person should be L3. It's uh, really just a these are the reasons I think they, they should. These are their weaknesses. Uh, etc. They're going to be honest about it. Yeah, it's it's in a lot of ways. It's like you know the same areas that you covered on your self review. They're going to be covering the exact same areas from their perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to talk about you know attitude and maturity. Well, you're going to say this, and then the L threes who are giving you the recommendations are also going to give you an evaluation on that same category. Mm-hmm. And you might find that your perception of your teamwork and diplomacy is not the same. That's right. And that's last, fine. the last little gate before you can have that panel and do everything else, all the other fun stuff is you have to receive confirmation from a level four plus judge within the last 36 months, indicating success in a team lead position at a Grand Prix where the checking judge was the head judge. So basically the head judge, you have to team lead at a Grand Prix. Uh, as far as I'm aware, that's always going to be on day two. You have to request that. They're not just going to put you in that role. Um, but you have to team lead at a Grand Prix, and then the head judge has to say, yep, you did good, kid. <laughs> and then they, uh, they'll they check you off in a little spreadsheet somewhere, and you will uh, have that one done. We should also mention that you shouldn't go looking for any of these re- recommendations before you've been in L2 for, for a year. Um, 
And there's a lot more to say about the checklist. Uh, and of course, I'll post an article about all of the levels in the show notes. Uh, that'll go much deeper in this. Also, there's our other episode, which we've referenced. But as we've already established, level three could be an episode on its own. So we're trying to avoid that. So you get through all of these gates. You're feeling good. Uh, we'll say you even pass the level three exam, which is also another 50, 50 uh, question test. Uh, it's just more difficult than the level two one. Um, but you get through all that and you and and you have the panel. So what do they what do they do in the panel? Oh, one one more quick thing before we um before we jump onto the, to the panel uh you cannot begin requesting uh, uh recommendation reviews until your self review has been approved oh okay i missed that okay so you have to have been yeah. a judge for a year and you have to have your self review approved yes okay okay so so before you before you start uh before you start asking for those okay so the panel and and this is really after after the checklist has been approved uh you go into the to the PEI which is the um which is considered part of the panel now um it's a series of questions meant to evaluate you on uh what we call the 10 qualities um and so while the checklist gets you through the door the panel really cares about the the 10 qualities of becoming a level 3 and there are as criteria on them uh that we don't uh that there've been an art there yeah there's been an article series on them and we'll cover them but do you just want to go through them real quickly yep do we want to drop the 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 sentence description of each one yep or all right <laughs> the first one is leadership presence and charisma okay that's a that is one of the the qualities that's a sentence yes that's a sentence okay (laughs) teamwork diplomacy and maturity is a sentence fragment (laughs) penalty and policy philosophy uh communication skills you're reading like they're categories in a jeopardy game (laughs) am i Yes. Do, 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 yeah. Self-evaluation. I'll investigations for 300, yeah. please. Yeah. Self-evaluation uh, evals in quotation You got words. the daily double. <laughs> uh, self, okay, communication skills, self-evaluation, development of other judges, which is really the uh, the mentorship, uh, program construction and philosophy, which is – I'm going to describe this one because it's it's not quite as obvious, but it's it's basically like we're talking about levels here. You know what? What is the role of a? What is the role of a level? Uh, what is the reason behind it? Um, what the difference between a four and a five is? That kind of thing. Uh, stress and conflict management. Another category. Uh, don't explode on people, uh, and don't shut down when something stressful happens. Uh, investigations. Obviously, we want our level threes to to be able to catch them cheaters. Um, and uh, logistics and tournament operations, which is the actual r- mechanical running of events. I mean, we are a program that runs yeah. events, so be good at that. Yeah. So we were talking before the show that we'll probably do an episode on all of these qualities, like a deep dive uh, at some point in the future. Uh, there's also an article series on every single one of them. It hasn't been updated since they combined them. But... Oh, right, right. All right. Logistics and tournament operations is new. It was created around Christmas time. Yeah. So you're a level three judge. So uh, the only other thing I want to add about level three judges before we move on is uh, Jared Silva once said this. And I don't know if he was the originator or what, but he said that the best judge in the world would end up at level three. Like a level three judge is where a judge who has all the ideal judging skills. That's generally where they're going to top out. Um, 
So from there, we can move into level four judges, also known as international judges. And uh, the logic there is there there is no direct path to level four. It's not like once you're level three, you can start checklisting for level four. Um, you become level four because effectively a level five decided you should be level four. Uh, I, don't, uh, no, I don't think it's uh, I think it, there's more of it's it's more of there is a there is a need in the program to cover mm -hmm. a specific area and there is a level three that has uh demonstrated their ability to fill that area and the dark cabal not necessarily level five but like the organization of them kind of let's say vote you in but uh there there is a selection process uh, it's not, uh, it's not very clear <laughs> as to what that is, but I, it's, it's not an, a level five, like sponsors you or anything like that. Well, the written requirements do say that you need a recommendation from a level five. So, oh, well. so <laughs> requires a written recommendation of a level five. And yeah, that's probably really easy to get. Yeah, I, I think I could get one. Well, no, I mean, if you are, if you are a person who is being considered no, I, for level four, yes, obviously. Uh, I'm just saying there's no rule that says you have to be level three to become level four. So there's no rule that says you have to become level three to become level four. You don't have to be level three to become level four. So this is like, level two, are you doing a wheel of time Ace of Die thing on me? I don't, A, I don't get your reference. B, it means I can be level four. All right, okay. what does a level four do? Their head judges and GPs. <laughs> you don't get my reference? No, I don't. I haven't read it. Please, please, listeners, if you got my reference, please uh, tweet at CJ. <laughs> and let him know how disappointed you are. Fine. Uh, level fours, their head judges are GPs. They are uh, leaders of the regional judges in their countries and regions. Oh, that's kind of weird to say regional judges there. Oh, that is level threes. That's right. Level two is area judges. Um, they are generally expected to write articles, reports, reviews. And basically, when you become level four, you're, you start to get a little bit more behind the scenes in the program. Uh, your, your involvement is no longer so directly tied to events beyond head judging the GPs, but you, you really start to take a much larger program for focus. Brian, you continue yep. to agree with this? Okay. Yeah, I'm agreeing. Um, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, cause I think a lot of players misunderstand a level four and a level five judge are not necessarily better at the rules than any, uh, level three or level two judge. It, it like it's not like level four you take an even harder rules exam yeah. the most difficult rules exam is level three i'm, I'm actually gonna one. say the best judges at rules are the level twos who are very very close to taking their level three test yes. and then the level threes that have just passed those I are the best of the rules yes. those are the best uh, of the rules on average is probably true yeah, yeah. um and then nate uh and then nate long yeah the the uh the the net rep. Yeah. So we already kind of mentioned the qualifications to actually become a level four, that secret cabal. Um, you know, basically, yeah, there's that need in the program. For example, uh, something we were going to talk about in the news um, is, for example, we just recently got a, a player experience sphere that got created. Uh, those are generally led by level fours, but although uh, is David Lightford Smith a level four? Uh, he is not. He's not, yeah. Uh, he has stepped up and volunteered to take charge of the player experience gotcha. sphere. And uh, the the yeah, I don't think that there is a level four in charge. They could be in charge of it at this time. Yeah. So they they he was very excited about it. 
Uh, so he grabbed it, so to speak. I, I grabbed yeah. is not the right word, but like so, he, he kind of latched onto it because of something he cares about a lot. So sometimes, though, when we create these spheres or, or whatever, it's it's because a uh, perhaps a level three was already doing that. And sometimes they promote them to level four and create this sphere for them to run. Uh, things like that um, could happen. Uh, another qualification of level four judge is you have to be willing to travel internationally. Once again, head judge of GPs. And you have to have availability to Wizards of the Coast. So... Once again, you're working much closer with wizards now. Uh, do you guys know how many level fours there are? Isn't it like twelve? It's nine, I think. Nine. Eight yeah, nine. it's not many. Nope. Um, the the other the other thing I got I gotta think that in some form or fashion you have to be slightly independently wealthy. Uh, yeah, kind of. I mean, that's, I mean, you have to be willing. I mean, you gotta be able to travel to all these places frequently. You 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 gotta have a job that's very generous with the vacation time. Yeah. Um, spouses that are very understanding. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know. I think we're treading off the path of of the level program here. <laughs> uh, and then to maintain level four, there are things written down, but you know, obviously, we don't we don't see this as much. Like the written down requirements say, there's a yearly renewal, but it doesn't actually really say what that is. Uh, it says it's also they are occasionally retested to make sure they still have strong knowledge, which level threes are too, actually, right? Yeah, we have a uh, uh, a test every time a new set comes out, or most times a new set comes out. I think yeah. there was one that was. I wish. Uh, I'm not three. sure if they hit the core set, to be honest. Yeah. But uh, it, most times a new set comes out, we have a a rules update quiz that uh, tests our knowledge on it, and uh, there are things that, that there is incentive to take that. And then, uh, as a level four, you're required to head judge at least one professional REL tournament a year, so day two of a GP generally. Uh, do we let level fours head judge PTs? Uh, I do not know of one that has. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Typically, uh, I'm pretty sure that that's L5. Yeah, exactly. And you're supposed to head judge at least four tournaments a year, so level fours can get out there and head judge PPTQs. Yes, they can. Yes. And so let's move into level five. Uh, level 5 is very similar to level 4, except for level 5. It's just basically everything I said about level 4, but more. So they can now head judge Pro Tours as well. But basically, level 5 can head judge anything. Uh, they have the real, real deep contributions to the uh, development of the program as a whole. For example, we talk about Toby Elliott every once in a while. We had him on uh, last episode, relative to everyone listening. Yeah. Um, you know, he kind of handles policy yes. in general. Um I reference that because, and the listeners will hear this eventually. There is an episode that is that was recorded between those two, but it is not good. But it will come. Oh no! It's the sound quality. The sound quality is not good. Um, anyway, but yeah. So Toby, you know, he's in charge of policy. He handles basically everything policy related. Now he has people to help him. It, we shouldn't act like it's just Toby, but Toby it's is in the Toby. end the head of it. Yeah, it's just Toby. Just Toby. Um, the interesting thing about this, I noticed in, in the written requirements to maintain level five, is that you have to judge at least one professional REL tournament a year, but that's it. Like, you also have the renewal and the and the, the test to ensure expert knowledge. Uh, it does not mention judging the four additional tournaments that a level four has to do, which I thought was curious, but... Uh, huh. Yeah. But they... they you know... I, I got to think that like the, the level of requirements that are written down, there's probably a little bit of play. I think so. In them, realis realistically. Particularly at the higher levels, because you're shaping the policy yourself. Yeah, it's sort of, it's sort of like if you're if you're not meeting the the expectations of Watsi, they're probably going to be like, hey, hey, bro, hey, bro, meet our expectations. Right. Um, 
All right. And then there's another pseudo level that people sometimes used to talk about, and that's the Judge Emeritus, uh, level E, quote unquote. Uh, and it used to be that when a level five retired and was in good standing with the program, they would become a Judge Emeritus. Uh, but this whole system has actually been retired thanks to the Hall of Fame. So any existing Judge Emeritus were inducted into the Hall of Fame immediately, and I don't think we're going to continue using this Emeritus system at all. Yeah. yeah. So, right, we're not... So as kind of like a, a, a cap on on all this level talk, uh, there, was a, there was a statement that uh, for my... I want to say like my third GP, I was a judge manager for GP Orlando. Ricardo Tessitore was the head judge. And we were having a conversation and he said something that that has stuck with me uh, with regard to judge levels. And he said, uh, whatever level you are, you are all the levels below it as well. So if you are a, you know, I'll say this myself as a level three, um, I'm also a level two. I'm also a level one. Okay. Uh, so there, there should not be any tasks that are, you know, beneath me. You know, if, if I'm at an event and a booster draft needs to fire and I'm available and someone tasks me, I'm going to fire that eight and I'm going to fire that, uh, that ODE. Right. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to be like, I'm a level three. I don't do that. No, I'm gonna grab the box. I'm gonna go seat the players, and we're gonna we're gonna have a draft. Um, you know, uh, you do not get to the point where you are not doing mentorship. That is not a task that is that you've advanced past or anything, you know, any nonsense like that. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's something something to keep on keep in mind. Uh, there are there are tasks that need to be done in the events. There are tasks that need to be done in the community. And you don't become too good to do those. Yeah. Okay. You guys ready to dive into the news? Yes. All right. We're going to go quick through the news, but we have quite a bit actually for once. Uh, first off, we have a couple of new level threes. That's Hans Wang from China and Yukio Victoria from Colombia. Congrats to those new level threes. Uh, I also mentioned this briefly, but we have the player experience sphere is a new sphere led by David Lyford Smith. Uh, he, he, published a mission statement for it, which he says, uh, this sphere is all about players. It's about how judges interact with players, how players can work with the judge program, and how to make events more fun for everybody. So I think that kind of summarizes it. But yeah, the idea is how is um, to have a bunch of projects and, and maybe article series about... Jess, you're, you're in this sphere, aren't you? Uh, yes, I am leading a project in the sphere uh, that is uh, public promotion of the... Uh, there's... Well, uh, there's a lot of details that I could go into, but then I don't want to get into too much. Did you have a specific question about how it works or, or no, I was more just highlighting the fact that you're involved in it. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. What, I, you can share, what, share what you want to share. Um, so I, I am involved with the public promotions, which uh, more details will come out about in the not too distant future. And okay. I, I think actually at some point I'd kind of like to get, DLS on to talk about that sphere in a future episode if we could. That's fine. Um, because I think that has a lot of good things that'll cool. What, what, the biggest thing that, that strikes me as different about this sphere as others, as opposed to other spheres, and it's the only thing I'll say, is that every project in it actually requires player input and involvement. Yeah. Uh, Non-judge player input and involvement. And I think that's extremely important for the goals of the sphere. Cool. Um, we should also mention the next wave of Exemplar is open. 
Yep. And so you can fill that out in Judge Apps. Uh, level two's got an additional level one recommendation this yep. time. I think that was the only change. Is that correct? Uh, there was also there was also one of the level three recommendations uh, became it was it was like a, a recommendation for like a I think it was a senior level judge like a RC L four L five became a, an L three plus instead. Yeah. Um, I think it became an any. It didn't become an any. Okay. It became an Audi. Became an Audi. <laughs> we were both going there. We were. We were. Um, and also, if you were uh, given a recognition in the last wave of exemplar, forms have gone out to have you fill out your address. Um, so if you got a recommendation, rec- recognition in the last wave and did not get that form, you should contact. I'm going to go with Kim. Kim. <laughs> yeah, you should also subscribe to the forums because you would know all this without me having to yeah. tell you. Right. So, so I, an email an email went out. If you have your email registered in Judge Apps and got a recommendation, a form went out with a link to a Google Doc for you to put in your address. Okay. It, do it. Do it. Do it. I mean, if you, you know, don't, if, if you don't, then we don't know where you live. Um, any tokens of of those recognitions will not be sent to you right that's that's kind of the implied now here's the thing we're not going the link to the google doc is only in that email it is not being distributed to the program at wide because people i i mean people will log in and put their addresses and just like be crossing their fingers and it generates more work for us I'll be honest. Yeah, <laughs> and it won't work to do that. By the way, <laughs> yeah, you just make you just make us angry. Um, All right, uh, the first hall of the first wave of Hall of Fame inductees has been announced, and it is John Carter, David Vogan, and James Lee. Yay! Can I get some fanfare? Yeah. <laughs> I was actually on mute. Oh, I was okay. very excited. Cool. So, congratulations to those three. And then anyone else who didn't make it in this time will be on the future ballots until such point due to some rules, so on and so forth. 10% something, I think. Whatever. That's L3 business, guys. <laughs> I don't I don't actually that's what, have to that's know what how we, it works. That's pretty much it. That's all we yeah. do. <laughs> just Hall of Fame. You, just, you all just nominate yourselves into things. Uh, and then <laughs> on, a, uh, on a sadder note, uh, Carson Hesse who has been on the show with us before and is a, a major contributor to cranialinsertion.com. And and uh, when he was on the show, he was talking about his uh, charity tournament that he runs, Cast a Spell on MS. Episode just, 87. Oh, look at you. Uh, yeah. Which he does every year. Uh, unfortunately, his wife passed away unexpectedly uh, just a couple weeks ago. And um, since then, I'll give Brian credit. Brian has started a, a gun phone, go, go fund me for his, his family to help uh cover you know any expenses that might might come up um so so yeah Car- karsten is a a really a really good guy yeah he's in the you know the the he's been doing the the cast a spell on ms uh charity event for the last six years and he, every, he donates all of his foils to that like yep. including his his force of wills everything and this and this was back when when gp you got foils for going to gp so it's like every ounce of judge work that he's put in has turned around and used to create uh, uh money to to fund uh uh research into into finding a cure for ms so 
really this is kind of one of these things that he does he's done a ton of uh of mentoring and rules teaching and community work and this is just kind of a a, a thing where we'd like to to give back and show how much we appreciate the stuff that he's done and help him out during this this very tough time uh so we'll go ahead and Include the link in the show notes if you if you feel like contributing. Uh, I would appreciate it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a yeah. It's sad. Um, all right, I think we're gonna skip emails because I don't really want to talk about a stupid email right now anyway, and we're going <laughs> long. Uh, but I do have to give out the contact information. Um, so if you want to contact us, you can email us at judgecast at gmail com. And the important thing here is our next episode is uh, definitely going to be about Magic Origins, about the set. So it's going to be our set uh, review show or whatever you call it, the FAQ review. Uh, so if you have any Magic Origins questions, be sure to go ahead and uh, send them to us. Um, and we'll see if we can, we can answer them next time. You did not mute in time, but Don't. it's acceptable. Uh, you can also tumble us, tweet us, like us. Zune Radio. Please like us. We are on Zune Radio. That's not a lie. Um, Rate us five stars on <laughs> iTunes. I actually didn't know that. Yeah. I did not know that the Zune Radio was a thing. Yeah. One guy emailed me once. He's like, can you put us on here? All you have to do is email this person and give me your RSS feed. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I did. I mean, huh. I'll be on any service anyone wants as long as they just tell me how to actually do it. All right, guys. I hope this discussion was enlightening. I hope it was on the level. See what you did there. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you guys for forever being my co host. My name is CJ Trader. I keep it fair. I'm Jess Dunks. I keep it fun. I'm Vern Perlman. I keep it over 9,000. This is too hot. This is too hot. I can't do it. It's too many. <laughs> I got a pop filter now. That means I'm big time. You got a what now? Whoa. What was that? <laughs> That's kind of sweet, honestly. Jess, you just sounded like a real robot. Oh, no, you still do. That's awesome, honestly. <laughs> say, say, say intergalactic planetary, planetary intergalactic. Please do. It's less exciting. You sound like an Atari game. You do. <laughs> what what's causing this? I don't know, but it's so great. <laughs> <laughs>